0: Amen, Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 32, uh, maybe a, a familiar passage of scripture to some. I, I I agree with Pastor, I think God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost, amen, and I just want to be open, I want to facilitate that as best as I can. I, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll go anywhere in this building that you want me to go. I want somebody to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost tonight, amen, that's what It's all about, amen. Luke chapter 22, amen, verse 31 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But, verse 32, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. Amen, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I want to talk to you just for a little bit tonight on this subject. Failure is not an option. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Speak to each and every one of us. Open your heart to the Lord tonight. Open your mind. Let's let the Spirit move in this service tonight. God, we need your anointing. Hallelujah. Jesus hallelujah hallelujah why don't we thank the Lord for his presence in this service hallelujah come on church let's magnify the Lord together oh we thank you Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight Come on, aren't you glad to be in his kingdom, in his house, uh, to be serving the mighty God? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated if you promise not to figuratively sit on me. Amen. I need your help tonight. Amen. I need everybody's help tonight. Amen. Brother Nelson kind of pivoted during the song service, talking about, singing about going to heaven. Amen. And what a promise God has given to us. Amen. If we can just hang on, if we can just hold on, amen, no doubt, amen, the clouds may loom dark and heavy over each and every one of us in our own various ways, amen, but if we can hang on, brother Jerome, amen, there's a great and precious promise waiting for us on the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want anyone to leave this sanctuary tonight discouraged. I want you to amen, leave this house with a message in your heart. Amen. Not just in your mind, not just in your head, but somebody open up your heart and receive from the Lord what he has to say tonight. I didn't come here with just a a good thought. I didn't come tonight to to try to impress or entertain anybody. But I came tonight with a burden for somebody under the sound of my voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah, don't want to impress you, don't want to try to convince you that, amen, that I I have any sort of, uh, everybody knows me, everybody in this room, amen, has their own opinions of me, so we've already gone past, uh, amen, all of those first impressions and things, uh, amen, so can we just have church tonight, hallelujah, I want to just have church, I want God to move in this service, Uh, amen, greater, I mean, that's my greatest desire tonight, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It was, amen, this title, amen, is not my own. I stole it from a man by the name of Gene Kranz, Amen. He wrote a book entitled Failure is Not an Option. He, amen, was the, the NASA's very first uh, flight director. And he's the one who was tasked with developing, uh, amen, the processes and the systems that exist uh, in what is known as mission control. Amen. And, and what controls, uh, amen, what allowed us, amen, to get from earth, amen, all the way to the moon, amen, he was in charge all the way through, amen, the Apollo series of missions, amen, utilizing whatever kind of technology, we're talking about back in the 60s, it wasn't the kind of computers and iPads that we have today while operating on wireless technology, but they had to lay ground wires, they had to lay wires throughout, uh, amen, the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean, all the way around the world, amen, so that they can visually identify. Identify when one of our ships went up into space uh, and was performing an orbit around the United States, but this man, this man engineered all of this. He came up with, with all of this design, uh, amen. And his motto, amen. He didn't express it himself. He admitted, uh, amen, that he didn't come up with this uh, phrase himself, but he adopted it because someone described him this way, amen. He determined, uh, friend, that failure is not an option. When I have uh, life in my hand, when I have life. In my hands, when I'm responsible, amen, for a highly educated, highly direct, decorated, uh, amen, retired, uh, amen, test pilots, uh, those men who have dedicated their entire life's service, uh, amen, to learning the art of flying and 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 just the technologies that are associated with it. Amen. Gene Kranz took this very seriously. He wasn't playing games, amen. He took this very seriously, and when he, amen, designed all the systems and processes that were around, amen, that great achievement of landing uh, Armstrong's foot on the moon, uh, amen, it was because he desired, uh, amen, to institute uh, systems that would ensure that failure would not be an option. Hallelujah. Amen. It was Albert Einstein that said, failure is success in progress. Thomas Edison, amen, someone said that he had failed 10,000 times, and he responded by saying, no, I haven't failed 10,000 times. I have successfully found 10,000 ways that won't succeed. Amen. I have found 10,000 ways, amen, that I would not fail. Amen. You've got to just Your mentality. I mean, you just got to change the way that you're looking at things. Hallelujah. Amen. I've gone to church uh, my whole life since uh, I was a child. I've witnessed uh, young people, amen, as they entered into their teens, uh, amen, they walked out on God, uh, amen, only because uh, they quit, not because they're failures, uh, not because uh, they did something much worse than somebody else, uh, but because they stopped uh, trying. Let me tell you, young people, amen, you haven't failed until you quit trying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for that special someone. I'm waiting for that special day. Amen, when I run into uh, the love of my life, I'm waiting for that. Let me tell you, friend, amen, nobody, and I mean no one, is worth losing your living for God over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah, When a man, hallelujah, nearly single-handedly, and I, if you were probably to talk to him, I mean, he would outright reject the idea, but I'm just thoroughly impressed. You can read the book. I don't have the ability to recount for you all the details. Uh, Got some quotes. I may not even get into them, but, but, I mean, at the inspiration, President Kennedy, he got up at the beginning of the 60s, and Americans were, were, uh, embarrassed, if you will, by the Russians who had already sent a man into orbit. Amen, there was already a man, the Russians had already achieved, amen, that, that goal of sending a man who had orbited the earth. Amen, and then Kennedy took note of that and said, Amen, by the end of the 60s, amen, by the end of the 60s, we as Americans will put a foot on the moon. Pastor, you said the other day, and I didn't even think about writing this down, but how many years do you remember it was between the Wright brothers? 65 years from the time the Wright brothers uh, took their first flight to the time that we entered meant, to the moon's orbit and then landed on the moon. 65 short years. Amen, again, I'm not here to try to impress anybody. This is just an interesting thing for me, amen, but it, it applies to what I'm feeling, amen, for tonight. Amen, amen. Gene Kranz made this statement. Since there were no books written on the methodology of space flight, we had to write them as we went along. We had to create it. We had to discover it. Hallelujah. You look at—I'm not talking disparagingly of any young person in this room—but you look at this this younger generation today, and uh, and I'm guilty of it too. I see I see aspects of it in my own life, which kind of scares me because I'm a product of this generation, I guess. But but any time you run into something difficult or hard, hey Amen. You just give up come up with excuses come up with reasons even why you cannot achieve a man stated goal and uh, and gene had, gene Krons had had all the reasons in the world, all the reasons in space, amen, to explain why he could not achieve what President Kennedy, we haven't even entered orbit, we haven't even gone to space, we don't even have the experts, we don't have rockets, we don't have the, don't have the communication technology, we have nothing. But he approached the whole thing with this idea that failure is not an option. Amen, I want to apply that, amen, perhaps to some of us uh, in this place. We look at our own lives, and, and we we hear Brother Nelson and the singer singing about going to heaven. And perhaps we examine ourselves and say, well, that sounds great, that sounds wonderful, amen, but I'm not worthy. I'll never make it, uh, amen, I'm not cut out of the right kind of material, amen, right now I'm just going through the motions. Uh, right now I'm just trying to get by, uh, right now I'm just waiting uh, For my time to leave, Uh, Amen. But let me tell you something: You can make it. I didn't come here just to uh, preach uh, just an encouraging and a a feel-good message. Uh, I've got a burden on my heart for somebody tonight. I want to let you know, uh, Amen, that you can make it. You can make it. You. Hallelujah. Quit coming up with those excuses. Amen. Those lame, amen, unjustified excuses. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Peter, amen, is looking at himself. Amen. Perhaps thinking, I can't make it. And Jesus said, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith would fail now. we'll talk more about Peter in a little bit. amen, amen, but i I want to stop for just a little bit, maybe slow down, even talk about a man, these are, in my opinion, these are giants in the Bible. Peter, Apostle Peter, what a man of God God used him to write two books in the Bible and and pastor, when he taught. On the book of Mark, uh, amen, it expressed that it was possible that Peter dictated the book of Mark. Uh, so he may be responsible for more than two. Uh, and no doubt, uh, amen, as we read through the book of Acts, the number of messages that he's preached uh, under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen, Peter was mightily used by God. Hallelujah. Amen. But the man struggled. David, amen, was another man, amen, who, amen, perhaps you didn't know this part of his story. So I'm going to take the time and share it with you tonight, amen. But I believe there was a point in David's life prior to assuming the monarchy in the nation of Israel that he came very close to quitting. I mean, he came very close uh, to quitting. But we all know, amen, that David is is not even close uh, to a failure. Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, if you read, historians uh, denote the period of time that David oversaw the nation of Israel and the time that Solomon oversaw the nation of Israel and call it the golden age uh, of Israel. David and Solomon are responsible for that period of time. Amen. So David is by no means a failure. But friend, he came very close. He came very close to failing, to quitting. Amen. It's estimated by some that David ran from Saul prior to amen his uh, uh, assumption of the throne in the nation of Israel for about 7 years. Amen. Ever since the time that God placed his anointing on David, David, uh, amen, was being pursued by Saul because Saul was jealous. Amen. And it was near the end of that period of time of, of pursuit uh, that David arrived at the following conclusion. In 1 Samuel chapter 27, Samuel uh, uh, verse 1, 1 Samuel 27 verse 1 through 4, David said in his heart, I shall now, now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And then David in this passage of scripture is absolutely convinced that he would never see, amen, the throne in Israel, amen, he was absolutely convinced that he would not become the king as God had, amen, as Samuel had anointed him, amen, there's nothing better for me than I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines and Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. And David arose, and he passed over with the 600 men that were with him unto Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. We're on verse 2. Gath. Gath. Where, Where have I heard that before? Goliath. Was from Gath. This was a place that David had already achieved victory in. He had already conquered the, the 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 most valiant warrior from Gath, brother Jerome. He had already cut off the head of Goliath. In his life, Gath was ancient history. Prior to this point. It was associated with the enemies of God. It was associated with those who were not a part of the chosen people of God. David was acquainted with Gath. Only because he had already had victory over Gath. Amen. But verse 3 tells us that David dwelt with Achish at Gath. I don't know what happened. I don't know what transpired in David's life other than the fact that he was pursued by Saul. And he, amen, at the first verse that we read just a moment ago in this chapter, amen. he apparently had already had arrived at some conclusion that he's not going to make it. He had determined that that it's not worth the struggle anymore. It's not worth fighting anymore. It's not worth, what is all this running for? Why am I going and going and going and and I don't have anything to show for this? Uh, Amen, I might as well just go uh, to the Philistines. I might as well, amen, just go to the enemy. Somebody hear me tonight. I might as well just give up. I might as well just quit. Amen. And if David, if the story of David ended by the time he arrived in Gath, amen, we would call him a failure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He had completely betrayed the nation of Israel. He and his men, the Bible says, going on in verse 3 every man with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess and Abigail, the Carmelites, Nabal's wife. Verse 4, And it was told Saul that David was fled to Gath, and he sought no more again for him. David got what he was hoping for. The relief. What he thought would be relief. Hey Amen. I'm tired of all this pressure. Tired of all the calling of God is such a Heavy calling. It requires so much out of me. I thought it would be faster than that. I thought I would be in the throne by now. I thought I would be king by now. Hallelujah. Amen. But I might as well just give up. Hallelujah. Amen. We can skip the next scriptures in 1 Samuel 17. Amen. David had previously had victory. Over Gath. Uh, Amen. Yet we read him crawling back into Gath. In this passage of scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 27. Verses 6 through 7. Then Achish gave him Ziklag that day. Wherefore Ziklag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah unto this day. And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines. Was a full year and four months. David. And more than just. Set up a temporary camp here. He had fully moved in. Ziklag was David and his 600 men's location. This was their city. This was David's city. In fact, amen, when he did assume kingship in Judah, amen, he brought that ownership with him. Very clear that David is now responsible for the city of Ziklag which was previously a Philistine city. I mean, he was doing everything. David was doing everything he could to convince the Philistines, I'm one of you. I'm no different than you. I mean, 1 Samuel 27, verses 11 through 12, and David saved neither man nor woman alive to bring tidings to Gath. That's a That's quite a statement saying, lest they should tell on us, saying, so did David, and so will be his manner. All the while he dwelleth in the country of the Philistines. And Achish believed David, saying, he hath made his people Israel utterly to abhor him. Therefore, he shall be my servant forever. He's going to be my servant. David's my boy. He's not, he's not an Israelite anymore. He's betrayed the Israelites. Amen. It goes even further. David is in this downward spiral. He continues to devolve. And I've heard it said by many preachers that the devil will take you much further, amen, than you ever intended to go. You might think you've drawn a line somewhere. But once you've left the house of God, once you are out on your own without the protection of God's house and his people, amen, and the prayers of his people, amen, there is no telling. You can't tell me where you'll end up. Amen. Only God knows. Amen. 1 Samuel 28, we keep going. And it came to pass, verse 1, in those days that Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. And Achish said unto David, know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle. Thou and thy men. I've heard of the victories that David and you, your men have had. You guys are a strong lot. I want you guys to join us. You're on our side now. You're fighting with us. David said to Achish, surely thou shalt. How many times have you heard somebody who walked out on God, and and the next thing you know, they're talking about this place. They're talking about the people of God, talking about how, uh, what a cult, and, 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 and they disparagingly destroy the people of God. When they themselves were apart, let me tell you something, this is not a cult. This is not Something to do because of some individual's idea, or some individual's revelation. Amen. What we're seeking out, amen, I is the Word of God. Amen. I we don't come here today, amen, I with ideas and, and philosophies and, and vain deceit, but we come together, amen, I to observe God's own Word. And at any point we discover that we're wrong, amen, we will correct it. We will adjust it. Amen, we will submit to God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But David, amen, in the enemy's camp, became a totally different man. David said to Achish in verse 2, surely thou shalt know what thy servant can do. Akish said to David, Therefore will I make thee keeper of mine head forever. Long story short, the princes cause Akish to send David back after they start marching out onto the battlefield. David was with Akish, and the princes started asking questions What in the world is David doing out here? Haven't you heard the stories? David has, or Saul has killed his thousands, David has tens of thousands. Don't you guys remember Goliath? David was the one who was responsible for this guy. This is David. And they convinced Achish. And I want you to, when Achish was dismissing David, look at, look at how Achish talked with him. First 1 Samuel chapter 29, verse 6, Achish called David and said unto him, Surely as the Lord liveth, thou hast been upright, and thy going out and thy coming in, with me in the host is good in my sight. For I have not found evil in thee since the day of thy coming unto me unto this day. You, when the enemy is describing you this way, you ought to be concerned. When when the enemies of God are in favor with the way that you're acting and behaving, you ought to be concerned about that. Nevertheless, the Lord's favor thee not, verse 7, wherefore now return and go in peace that thou Displease please not the lords of the Philistines. I don't want you to make these guys upset. These, these are the head honchos. I, David, you'll learn over time. You'll learn who the bosses are. I'm just little old King Achish of this little area. But, but these, are, these are the guys that call the shots. And therefore, you need to go home. And so, so David goes home. He's on his way back to Ziklag, the place that was his. And while he was gone, while he was on the battlefield, marching to the battlefield with the Philistines, what, what a devastating place to be. What a far cry from where God has called him. God called him to the throne room. God called him to the, to the, to the uh, palace. And he's on the battlefield with the enemy. Amen. But on his way back home, Something happened that caused David to realize where he was at. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives and that were therein. They slew not any either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came, came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and the daughters were taken captives. And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, David was not exempt from this whole thing. David's two wives were taken captive. Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, is Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. David was greatly distressed, and the people spake of stoning him. Surely it can't get any worse than this. David had completely devolved from where God wanted him to be. He's in the enemy's camp, he's in the enemy's land. He's known by the enemy as a warrior. He brought back glad tidings of his his feet and, and things so that the enemies would be impressed. He was doing everything he could to make a name for himself in the Philistine camp. Amen. But what did that get him? The same thing that if you walk out on God, that will get you. You're going to lose everything. There's no one exempt from this, no one, not me and not you, but I want, I'm not coming to preach a message about David and Ziklag alone, I want to tell you about, amen, the story, the outcome of this story. Because while this story is such a sad and devastating story, amen, for David because of his backslidden state, amen, David did not quit. Amen, it was at this point where he had no more power in him. Amen, he had no more power, amen, to impress the Philistines any longer. Amen, he came home and realized that all he had left were ashes, Amen the, the 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 full kingdom that he had established at this point in Ziklag was a far cry, Sister Sarah, from what God wanted for him. Amen. It was just a a feeble attempt at creating something, amen, that would compare with what God wanted him to be, amen. But David, all he had in the end was just ashes, amen. But after this, when he got up from weeping, amen, when he finished, amen, he decided, I'm not quitting today. Hallelujah. I'm not going home in defeat. I'm going to go back and get what God gave to me. Even while David was greatly distressed, amen, because people were talking about ending his life, amen, he decided, amen, this is not going to be the end. I'm not finished yet. Hallelujah. David, it was your fault, amen, you're where you are because of decisions that you have made. Hallelujah! The ashes that you see all around you are the result of your decisions. Hallelujah. 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 The feeling that you have. The pain that you have. It's your fault. Rightly. It is 100% David's fault. Those men had 100% justification in trying to stone David. But in God's great mercy, amen, God gave him a way out. It could have been the end. I don't know if you're hearing me tonight, but it could have been the end for David. Amen. But he decided, amen, that this is not going to be the end. Amen. The Bible says in verse 6 that David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons, for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. And David said to Abiathar the priest in Himalaya son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. Uh, uh, Ahimelech, uh, I mean, Abiathar, I want you, uh, amen, To I want to go to church. Uh, I don't want to just uh, stay where I'm at. Uh, amen, I remember the good old days. Uh, amen, when I was in the presence of the Lord. Uh, amen, when his presence surrounded me. Amen, everything was so much better. Bring me hither, and he fought. Amen. I'm not done yet. I'm going further. I'm gonna do what God called me to. do. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. In this fallen, amen. In this, in this terrible state, David inquired of the Lord. I'm not. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve victory. I don't deserve liberty. I don't deserve it. Amen. If David, amen, was able to talk to the Lord in this kind of a state, I want you to know that you're able to get a hold of God in whatever state that you're in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to reach for somebody tonight. I don't want you to leave here tonight, amen, the same way that you came. I don't want you to go home, amen, with that same mentality. I want you to know that failure is not an option. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may have failed and failed and failed your whole life. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. Amen. You don't have to fail tonight. Amen. You don't have to fail tonight. Amen. I'm reminded of a story. I'm not trying to scare anybody tonight. I'm just feeling I'm just trying to do what the Lord is is, is telling me to do. But but Brother Jimmy Owens preached here, told a story about a young man amen, who had been in church his whole life, amen. He, amen, he was, he actually had a call of God on his life to preach, amen, but but he ended up messing up and, and walking out on God, amen, and and he, uh, he ended up uh, overdosing on drugs, and he left a note, uh, amen, before he died, he said, he said, I've been a failure my whole life, uh, and tonight I'm going to succeed, amen, I want you to understand, uh, that is where the devil would take you. I mean, you think you've got a control on it. You think you've got your hand around it. Amen. I but let me tell you, amen, I you don't have control over anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only way you can pursue, the only way you can overcome, the only way you can give victory is if you inquire of the Lord. If the Lord gives you victory, if He's the one that grants you salvation, that's the only way. Hallelujah, but David inquired of the Lord, amen, and he said, shall I pursue after this troop? Lord, what do I do? Everybody's mad at me. I made a mess of things. Nobody has any confidence in me anymore. Completely destroyed. Listen, David, that was not God's purpose for you anyhow. God was not trying to set you up in the eyes of the Philistines or the eyes of this six, only the 600 men. God had called you to be the king of Israel and Judah. Amen. And so David said, I've lost everything, God. Should I pursue out of this troop? Is it worthwhile? Shall I overtake them? He asked. And the Lord answered him. He answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. David, failure is not an option. Hallelujah. Failure is not an option. You can quit. You can quit. You can walk out. Amen. But that is the point where you fail. But if you could keep on trying, if you could keep on picking them up and putting them down, keep coming to church, you keep living for God, you keep doing what you know, amen, you can succeed, amen, you don't have to fail, you don't have to leave, you don't have to quit. Hallelujah. I mentioned a little little bit ago about Apostle Peter, one of the other, amen, great giants in the faith, amen. And he, amen, had his good days living for God, and he had his bad days. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, we find the calling of Peter from where he was working. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. I want you to remember, amen, I that they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to take what you have, I'm going to apply it spiritually, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I mean, a lot of times we think that what we have to offer God can't do anything for the kingdom of God. I mean, we think that, what, what do I have to offer? I mean, if you just give it to him, he'll show you what you have to offer. I mean, you inquire of the Lord. Let him call you. Let him guide you. I mean, he could take a fisher and turn him into a fisher of men. I mean, it was Apostle Peter, I mean, at this time a disciple, who was the first to receive the revelation of the oneness of God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon of flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee also, uh, also unto thee, that thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What an awesome I mean, calling, what an awesome authority that God had given to Peter. Amen. Peter was on the mount of transfiguration. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 and 2, after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Amen. Peter had a great, was on a great track. Amen. God was using Peter. Amen. Even as a disciple. Amen. But there were some days that Peter made the wrong decision. Matthew chapter 16 verse 21. Immediately after God had said, "Hey, our Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, gates of hell shall not prevail against it." You're a great man, Peter. God gave you a revelation. Amen. Just a few moments later, I don't know if it got to Peter's head or what happened, but Peter responded Verse 21, Matthew 16, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. We all know about Calvary. Amen. Verse 22, but then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Peter, you missed it. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter got a little bit ahead of himself there, too, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 4. Then Peter, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. I'm having such a good time. Amen. Jesus just turned I don't know what transfigure means, amen, but something happened, noticeable, and Peter witnessed it. He said, whoa, this is cool. Thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed him, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, fell on their faces and were sore afraid, and Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. Amen. I believe God stepped down and corrected it. And that's probably what a good Jew would say. Moses and Elias, these are great prophets of God. Let's, let's establish tabernacles for these great men. And Peter, without realizing it, was comparing him to these other prophets. Amen, but the Lord said, no, 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 this is my son, whom I'm well pleased, hear ye him. Amen, you got to understand this is a lot different than what you thought was going on, Peter. Amen, in John chapter 18, in the garden of Gethsemane, Peter cuts off the ear of a man because he gets excited and and tries to defend Jesus. Peter, having drawn a sword, drew it, verse 10 of John chapter 18, smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. servant's name was Malchus. Then said, Jesus unto Peter, put up thy sword into the sheath, cup which the, my father had given me, shall I not drink it? Peter, stop. That's not how we're going to handle things. We're going to correct this. We're going to make this right. Amen. Amen. And one more example in that same guard in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. He went a little further, fell on his face and prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup past from me, talking about Jesus. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou wilt. As thou wilt. Verse 40. He cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm not here to tell you that Peter was backslidden. I'm just here to point out some trivial, perhaps some trivial things that, that Peter went through, that could be compared to some things that you and I go through. While on our walk with God, we, amen, get excited. Amen. And I believe you and me, you can just ask this man over here how many times. Please don't ask him. Because yeah, I'm sure he'll. T- Glory <laughs> to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going on vacation tomorrow, so. <laughs> amen. But. Ooh, I, let's get that scripture off the off the wall because that one's hitting too close to home. <laughs> i just kidding. Amen, but Peter, at, in these day-to-day struggles, if you will, amen, one day on top of a mountain, the next day, and literally on top of a mountain, but next day, just, oops, I didn't mean to say it that way. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to cut that guy's ear, whatever. I didn't mean to cut that guy off on the road. I didn't mean to yell at it, whatever. I mean, but anyhow, it, this he could perhaps beat himself up with these small incidents and no doubt we do in our own lives. Let me tell you, I mean there was a, a, a far greater issue. Amen I this became a grave problem with Peter because I mean, while in the early stages, while he was the disciples, amen I the Lord was able to correct. These small uh, issues, if you will. Amen. But there came a point where Peter, Peter was very close, amen, to quitting altogether. Amen. I, I don't want to spend too much time here, but I want you to hear me just for a moment, if you will. Matthew chapter 26, verse 33, Peter was, or God was, Jesus was describing how he would go and be, crucified and Peter answered and said unto in verse 33 though all men shall be offended because of thee yet will I never be offended Jesus I'm the best Christian you know I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you all the way to the end verse 34 Jesus said unto him verily I say unto thee Peter stop talking so much I've tried to tell you over and over. I've tried to get you to realize that this is probably your biggest hang-up. Peter, verily, I say unto you, this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee. Here he goes again, just right out the gate. Just whatever comes to mind, I can relate with brother Peter. Amen. But though I should die with thee. Yet will I not deny thee. No, 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 Jesus. no, 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 no. That's not me. You, you don't know me. Haven't I been with you a long time, Jesus? Oh, <laughs> no. Likewise, also said all the disciples, all the disciples, and unbeknownst to Peter, God was setting him up to be a leader even among the disciples. Even among the the apostles, you can see that in this very passage of Scripture, how the, all the, the other disciples began to follow him. God had a great calling for Peter. God had already, we already read the Scripture where the Lord gave him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He would open the door to the Jews, to the Gentiles, to the Samaritans. God would use him to give revelation, understanding to people who need salvation. I mean, God was going to use Peter. Amen. But he had to. He had to get some things under control. Amen. And so Peter said, yes, I'm going to go with you all the way to the end. They're going to hang me up on cross number four. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Before you, before the cock cross, before the morning, before this day is out, you are going to deny me three times. Here's another version of it. John chapter 13, verse 37, Peter said to him, Lord, why, can I, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say to thee, the, clock, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me three uh, thrice. And sure enough, Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 through 74 Now Peter sat without in the palace. Damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. Peter, if you're not careful, that tongue is going to get you in a lot of trouble. Peter, Jesus has tried and tried and tried throughout his ministry. Amen, but I don't know the man. Verse 73, and after a while came unto him, uh, and after a while came unto him they that stood by and said, Peter, surely thou art one of them, for they thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, can't you hear the way I'm talking? I'm just like you guys. I'm not who you're saying that I am. I know not the man. And I'm not gonna do the, the rooster noise that Brother Vaughn did the other night, but because that was a perfect rooster noise. But if you could imagine it. <laughs> immediately the cock crew. And I could only imagine the the thoughts and the the way that he was beating himself up after this point. Peter, as soon as that cock crew, he uh, It was the same night that Judas had gone out and hung himself. When Judas had betrayed Jesus, and and I don't want to devolve too much into this story, but I want you to draw a comparison here. Judas, amen, Judas had, the Bible says that Satan had entered into him. He was used by Satan. Satan. betrayed Jesus. And because of this, Judas goes off and he quits. He hangs himself and he dies. And we have marked Judas as a failure. Amen. I but not Peter. We all know this story about Peter on Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And and the great message he preached to those in Acts chapter 8, in Acts chapter 19, and so on. I'm not sure if it's 19, so I'll check back on that one. So if you're interested, I'll let you know afterwards. But I know Acts 8 and Acts chapter 2. But these other areas, Acts chapter 10, there's the other one. Got it. 19 was Paul. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10. Peter was used mightily by God to open up these doors. Amen. But what if that night Peter heard the story about Judas? What if on that night he, I'll never, I'll never get victory over this. I feel the Holy Ghost. Right. I've been trying these last three years while Jesus was reaching me and teaching me. To me. I've been trying, and, and while Jesus was on earth, I've never been able to get over this. But, and now Jesus is gone. Jesus is dead. He's on the cross. And you can read it. You can read it in the scripture. In, in John chapter 21, verse 3. Peter saith unto Simon Peter saith, I go a fishing. Disciples are standing around wondering, what in the world are we going to do? I, Jesus is gone. What is next? It's almost like they forgot what Jesus said, that all the things that he was going to do. It's like they forgot everything that Jesus promised. But, and I I can't fault them for it. I, I couldn't imagine being in their shoes. But no doubt Peter's mulling over. i I did it one too many times. I've gone way too far. i I wish I had not denied. I told him I would go and die with. Him. I told him i would I would go all the way. and now I did exactly what he said I was going to do. I gave up. I threw in the towel. I mean I want a young person. listen to me I want I want everybody in this house to hear what I'm trying to tell you tonight and so Simon Peter decided all right I'm not going to go as far as Judas but I'm going fishing I'm going fish I'm going back to where God called me from I'm going back to my former lifestyle I'm I'm going back to what I know. Amen. I know I can catch a fish. Uh, I'm trying uh, I meant to do what God called me to do, but I keep coming up short. How many have felt that way? Amen. But now I'm just going to go back to what I know. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. Again, you could see the follow. The following, Peter was established as some kind of a leader here. And, and, and God's was, hand was still on him even in these moments that people recognized it. Amen. But, but Peter, amen, was near, near close to quitting. He had almost pulled that, pulled the trigger. Amen. John 21, verses 4. Amen. Jesus after Jesus is raised from the dead, Peter's out on the Sea of Galilee doing what he thought he could do best. When the morning was now come, verse 4 of John chapter 21, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. Amen. And you can... can, you can almost see the emotion that Peter I mean, was going through in this passage of scripture as the Lord called him, Hey, go on the other side. I've heard this story before. I, I've been in this position before when Jesus told us to cast on the other side. Amen. And, and I remember the results. Hallelujah. I'm leaving out a passage of scripture here and I don't have it handy, but I'll recall it for you from my mind. But when, Jesus, when Peter finally made it to the shore, Jesus already had the fish on the fire. He said, I've got I got to talk to you, Peter. And he said, do you love me more than these? And I can imagine his hand kind of swaying across the Sea of Galilee and and maybe even over the fish. And he said, yeah, Lord, thou know that I love you. You know that. You know I love you, Lord. He we was kind of putting on that front and and Jesus said, okay, feed my sheep. He said, hey, Peter, do you, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. No doubt, I love you more than all this. Okay, feed my sheep. And you know that Peter denied the Lord three times. I think the Lord has given him reconciliation for those, for that time, sure, perhaps. And, and so the final time Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And, and Peter starts to get, yay, Lord, you know. You know that I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. I think the Lord was hearkening back to that first day that he saw him. And he said, I want you to be a fisher of men. I don't want you to be out here in the, in the Sea of Galilee. I don't want you to be amen. I don't want you to be amen, fishing. Unless you're fishing for men. If the music, music can come. And somehow, this got all the way to Peter. And he decided, you know what? I'm not done. I'm not going to quit. I've got something to do. Amen. I'm so glad that Peter did not quit at that point. Because we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. Acts chapter 2 verse 14 says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up. His voice, and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be, ye known, but be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. I know these words have been flippant at times. I know that my words, amen, have been, have been cheap at times. But let me tell you, I've got a message tonight from God. I've got a message this morning. Actually, is the time frame. I've got a message for you. Hearken unto my words. And then we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Amen. That now when they heard this, when they heard Peter's words, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter, can you... Preach the message one more time. Can you tell us, amen, what it is that we must do if we could all stand tonight? I want to know how it was that you overcame. I want to know, amen, what it was that caused you, amen, to pick yourself up just one more time. I want to know, amen, what it took for you. Peter, what shall we do? Then Peter Said it to them, guys, it's simple. I've been where you're at. How would you simply repent? Reconcile every mistake that you've made with God. Admit it. He already knows it. He already has full disclosure. He knows everything you've said, everything you've done. Repent of those things. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Friend, you can have the same message that these men heard from Peter that night. The same message that applied to those men and that applied to Peter and that applies to every one of us in this house applies to you. If you will, repent. I almost preached a message. It was really one of the first, I think it was actually a a, uh, response in Bible college. The real meaning of repentance. And I can feel the burden of that weighing on me right now. But I want to, I want to make an appeal tonight. I don't know if it's a young person. I don't know if it's a, I don't know who it is. I don't want to exclude anybody. Peter said this message is to you, to your children, to all that are far off. Even as me as the Lord of God shall call. If you're in this house, if the Lord is calling you, you can overcome. You can get the victory over it. You can. I started out by saying that and it sounded like a Zig Ziglar seminar or whoever. And I'm not trying to make light of the moment but this is for everyone. You don't have to quit. You do not have to fail. You only fail when you quit. But as long as you haven't quit Oh, somebody hear me right now. As long as you haven't walked out, as long as you haven't drawn the final line, as long as you have not given up. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16, The just man falleth. Just man falleth. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. The wicked shall fall into mischief. You want to know the difference between a just man and a wicked man? It's whether or not they get up. Are you going to get up? Can I ask you to just get up? Can I ask you, I mean, just get up? I know you're tired. I know. Amen, I you feel like you've gone through it over and over and over. But let me tell you if you keep on going. Amen. I the songs that we were singing about earlier, amen, I apply to you. Those dark clouds will not last always. I know they've been around a while, but they will not last always. After a while, it'll all be over. One of these days. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. One of these days, church family, I mean, we don't have to just go through the motions. We don't have to just go through the same old, same old, amen. But when the glory of God comes in, amen, He can give us strength, amen, to go another day. He can give us strength to go another week, amen. This promise is not only to the visitor and to those that are debating, amen, but I'm also preaching to the true church. To all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall.